Welcome to UK Health Radio. You are listening to the Speech and Language Therapy Show hosted by Shamina Rabi, a consultant speech and language therapist and founder of Unlocking Language, an award-winning independent practice that provides speech and language therapy to both adults and children. She is dedicated to raising awareness about speech, language, communication and swallowing difficulties and empowering those who have them. Welcome to UK Health Radio, your global good feel radio, and you are listening to Shamina on the Speech and Language Therapy Show. So, hello, how are you? Hope you've had a good week. Today, I'm going to be talking about speech and language difficulties in children in a more generic form. I'm going to provide an overview of the type of speech and language difficulties you see in young children between the ages of one to seven, what the presentation is like, answer typical questions that parents ask when they're worried about their child's speech and language skills, what do we do in speech and language therapy assessments. I'm also going to talk about the types of difficulties you would see, um, so a speech delay, a language delay, and yes, these are two very different things, Um, I'm also going to touch on stuttering and social communication difficulties. Learning a language takes time and children vary in how quickly they master milestones in language and speech development. Typically developing children may have trouble with some sounds, words or sentences while they are learning. However, most children can use language easily around the ages of five. Today I want to be able to give you a general idea about what speech and language difficulties are are, um, and what you might be able to do if you're recognising that something is not right in your child or a child that you're working with. So first of all I want to be able to differentiate between speech and what is language. Language is the use of words the words that we choose, how we put these words into phrases and sentences, how we express ourselves um, with with words and with sentences, with language. Um, it also includes the grammar that we use when we are speaking. Um, it also includes understanding information, um, being able to understand uh, directions, um, being able to follow directions, being able to understand questions, um, to be able to follow through a conversation and respond appropriately by understanding what they're saying. So, so language is the use of words and sentences, um, both to be able to express yourself, but also to be able to understand it. Now, speech is articulation. It's the actual production of sounds and putting these sounds into a sequence. For example, to be able to say the sound ah or or different vowels such as oo, e, uh, um, and then all the other speech sounds that we have, all the other consonants like wa, b, t. So if we think of the word bat, b, a, t, bat, putting the sounds together, that's all part of speech. So speech is the articulation, 
the phonics, the phonology, the sound production and language is the actual use of the words and putting the words together in a sentence and being able to understand that. So in children, we may see a speech delay or we may see a language delay or we may see a child with both. Um, They have got difficulties with articulating certain sounds and they've got difficulties with putting words together. So they have a speech and language delay or disorder. And I also want to talk about the difference between the terms delay and disorder, which you're going to hear a lot about in today's episode. A delay means that a child is developing language in a typical manner, but is doing so more slowly than other children at his or her age. And the disorder would mean that a child is not developing language as one would expect and has an or is developing it abnormally. So it's quite... um, is quite atypical uh, to how language should be forming um, and really means that the child probably will not or is not being able to catch up uh, with their peers. Okay, so I'm going to talk about language delays first or a language disorder because in younger children, you're more likely to see a language delay first rather than a speech delay because even before we want to think about what sounds the child is saying and, you know, can the toddler sequence the right sounds together? We just want to be able to hear them talk. And let's face it, we all love baby talk. We all love the way that babies and toddlers talk um, and how they mispronounce certain sounds. As long as they're talking, we're happy. Um, We don't really need to focus on their speech sounds because we know that children will acquire different speech sounds between the ages of zero to five. Um, so let's talk about language delays. So I, th- I think um, in previous episodes I've spoken about how language develops in babies and toddlers um, and, and the important things that we need to be doing um, to promote communication. So please do listen back to show one and two which focuses um, on those topics. But as a recap let's think about what a language delay is. Um, so as I said, language is using words and sentences and putting it all together and being able to understand it, um, you know, combining the words to make phrases and sentences, following directions, understanding questions, processing that information. Um, so if we think about a young toddler, sort of 18 months, 20 months, we would be expecting them to have a handful of words. We'd be expecting them to hopefully being able to say mama, papa, Uh, maybe milk, ball, um, perhaps around 20 words, 25 words, um, you know, at least by two. Um, Now, if a toddler between the ages of 18 months and two years has got no words and is not really saying mum, dad um, or any common words, then we would be suspecting a language delay. Um, If the child, if the toddler is not following any instructions, um, which we would be expecting them to do um, to a certain level by that age, for example, contextual questions. So these are um, directions that they would have understood through routine. For example, bring your shoes, put your jacket on. Um, They would have learnt how to do that and what the response to that is through the repetition of that routine every day of putting your shoes on or let's go up the stairs. Um, 
So if, if they're not following instructions um, that are sort of, you know, very typical and repetitive during the route, with with their routine um again we're suspecting is there a possible language delay and not being able to follow very simple instructions like you know take cup or give ball um you know feed teddy um if if there was a spoon there and you're asking uh, an instruction so we would expect um a young toddler around 2 at least to be able to follow some simple instructions um and and if they're not, then again, we're suspecting language delay. And with a language delay, you can have a child who has difficulties both with expressing and understanding language. You can also have a child who might be really good at understanding um, instructions and information, um, but lacks in their expressive ability. Um, so perhaps they... Perhaps you've noticed that, well, they, they haven't got many words as their peers or you've got a two and a half year old who's only speaking in single words, milk, ball, instead of saying give ball or I'm hungry or want to drink, want, uh, you know, drink milk. And they're only using sort of single words to, to express themselves. So language development has different parts and children can have difficulties with one or more um of the parts i'm going to talk through some more kind of common symptoms of a language delay so for example not babbling by the age of 15 months not talking not using any words as i said before by the age of two years um not using short sentences by the age of three years difficulty following directions and i gave some examples before difficulty combining words together either in phrases or sentences, um, and then leaving words out of a sentence. So if you have got a young child who is not responding to sound or vocalisations or when you're calling the child, the child's not responding to their name, the first thing is to get a hearing test done. Um, they would have had a hearing test at birth um, in the UK. That That is sort of the procedure. Um, and then another hearing test is really done at your request if you have concerns. Um, so I definitely think before even thinking about speech language therapy, let's get a hearing checked because we want to be able to eliminate any hearing issues that would, of course, impact on the child's ability to be able to develop speech and language and understand information and, and listen. But often it's hard for parents, and I know this as a parent myself, to know if your child is taking a little bit longer to reach um, a speech or language milestone or if it's a problem. Um, so some things you can watch out for. Um, by 12 months, if they're not using gestures or they're not pointing or waving bye-bye, um, sort of, you know, copying some simple gestures that you would be you would have been doing for the last 12 months um that's a little bit of a red flag to watch out for um by 18 months if they're preferring to use more gestures over any sort of vocalization or babbling or speech to communicate um also if you notice by mm, i'd probably say around 20 21 months they're having trouble to imitate sounds like you and, and really basic sounds like ba 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 ma 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 um Another possible red flag could be if they've got trouble understanding simple verbal requests. Um, by two years, if they're only imitating speech or actions but not really producing any words, I'd be I'd be concerned about that. Um, 
by sort of two and a half to three years, they're not really using simple sentences, phrases, um, or sentences uh, to be able to communicate and get the message across. And if they're only using single words, um, again, if they're not really following directions. And I think as, as a parent or an educator, as a caregiver, we kind of have a feel... Uh, you know, by 18 months, they would be able to respond to what's under the blanket. Um, by two, we'd, they'd be able to respond to feed baby. Um, by by three, they'd be able to respond to give ball to baby, um, where, you know, that, that instruction has become lengthier. Um, there's probably a couple of instructions within that instruction to do. Now, language delays in children have many possible causes, and in some instances, more than one factor can contribute to a language delay. Um, I've already mentioned about hearing, so getting the hearing checked is really, really important. Um, the child may have a underlying medical condition um, of uh, autism. Um, while not all children with autism have language delays, autism frequently affects communication. Um, an intellectual disability, so a variety of intellectual disabilities can cause language delays, such as dyslexia, um, what we term now DLD, developmental language disorder, which is which was previously known as specific language impairment, SLI. And this is a isolated speech uh, sorry an isolated language this is an isolated language uh, difficulty that takes place where the primary concern is language um, so all the other areas of development are actually fine it's just the child has a pure language delay and usually it's receptive and expressive okay so you're suspecting your child may have a language delay um, you need to go to the GP, uh, get a referral for an NHS speech language therapist and prepare really for an assessment to be done. Now, the assessment is, is really important because it allows us as speech language therapists to figure out what type of language delay it is. And when I say what type, I mean, what are the characteristics? Because it doesn't matter whether the child's got a language delay or a speech delay. Yes, they'll have some weaknesses, but they will also have strengths. And that assessment allows us to be able to have very clear baselines of what they can do and what they're not very good at doing and what, what they can't do, really. Um, and so it's not only about, right, well, you know, the child can't say this the child can't follow this we want to be able to see what strategies is the child already using and, and ch children are fantastically resilient and they develop their own strategies to be able to support themselves and children with speech and language delay delays are actually very good visual learners um, so you'd be surprised how they're supporting themselves visually um, and using visual cues in the environment uh, to be able to help get their message across or to be able to understand information better so the assessment is for the speech therapist to be able to diagnose, is it a language delay um, or is it a language disorder? And if it is, what are the characteristics? Um, and in some cases, the severity of it. Um, so for example, if I have a two and a half year old that comes through my practice 
um, the initial phone call conversation with the parent will be that, you know, I've got a two and a half year old. He's only got three words. Um, I'm really worried that he's got some sort of speech language delay. Um, when he comes into assessment, um, it, when he comes into clinic for the assessment, um, part of my assessment will be playing with him because I can't really expect a two and a half year old to sit at a table with me and follow tabletop tasks. I'm going to get more information from him by doing something that's motivating, fun and really what two and a half year olds do, which is play. Um, and, and through play, speech language therapists can get a lot of information um, about the child. Um, we can see what questions they can follow through because through play, we will ask um, questions. We can see if there's any language uh, when they're playing. Do they make any sounds? If they're playing with a train track, can they do choo-choo-choo? Um, we're looking to see if they're playing with the toys appropriately because if they are, then we know that they understand what the toy is used for they can understand what cause and consequence would be um if it's a cause and consequence toy for example where you put the ball at the top and it rolls itself down and the child starts to understand that so don't be alarmed when you go to um, your speech language therapy assessment and the speech therapist is playing with your child because actually that is the best form of assessment um, with young children under under three particularly. And I, I, I've got a two-year-old and I can't imagine him sitting at the table um, you know, to be assessed. I don't think I've ever really sat with him at the table. Um, you know, everything is very floor-based. Um, and I want to get to his level so that I'm entering his world and I'm, um, and everything is being accessible for him. Part of the assessment will be getting him a detailed case history from the parent or the carer who is present. Um, speech therapists want to understand about the pregnancy, understand about family history um, and understand about birthing and the first sort of 12 months of the child um, so that we can see if any of the if there are any factors that have impacted um, that have an impact or are related to a possible language delay. For example, if the child was born uh, a few weeks earlier, so they're a premature child, um, often um, children can have language or speech delays. Um, or if there's a family history of stuttering um, or autism, then that's really important to help us with our diagnoses. So the aim of the assessment is to assess and decide if your child has got a speech or a language difficulty and it also allows the speech and language therapist to get an idea of what treatment the child will require. The speech therapist may show your child also um, a selection of some pictures and ask some set questions about it and this can be part of formal assessment and particularly with children that are a little bit older between three and a half um, to, to six or seven uh, we can use a range of formal assessments that are more tabletop tasks um, you know that would be based at the table um, where the child is sitting on the chair of course if they've got very poor attention and they're unable to do that then the speech therapist will use more informal methods um, you know through through a variety of ways, like I said, through play, um, through maybe some informal flashcards to try and gauge um, and assess that child's ability. 
Um, at the assessment, speech therapists want to understand what your concerns are, how your child responds when they are struggling, what their play and behaviour are like, uh, whether they eat and sleep well. Um, as I said before, their early development, uh, medical history, general health, hearing, and also information on how they're getting on at school and nursery. So it's useful to take um, any nursery reports with you um, or school reports with you. Um, and the speech therapist may also... Um, ask uh, for your consent to be able to contact school if your child is a little bit older um, because often the teacher can give us a lot of uh, important information for example are they able to access the curriculum what are they like at carpet time can they sit through a story that's 15 minutes long or 10 minutes long do they put their hand up and answer questions what do they do in the playground do they interact with other children do they play by themselves so we can get a lot of information about the child at school and it's good to understand what the child is like at home with you but also what the child is like at school and then again going back to some of that direct assessment um, with the child uh, you know as a speech therapist we're looking at lots of different things so as I mentioned you know is the child using the words that he knows regularly is he using words to communicate um, is he using any other way to communicate for example pointing gesturing or screaming um, what's his in uh, what's his attention like can he attend to a puzzle can he attend to a little um, train track is he able to follow the instructions I'm asking can he take turns is he trying to copy is there eye contact does he get frustrated can he play with a range of toys will he allow me to join him in play will we play together or is he sort of playing on his own the answers to all these questions will help us um, dictate what we how we diagnose the child and also what sort of techniques and therapy um, we feel may be appropriate for the child and during assessment we may start to use um, some speech therapy techniques to see if that's giving us more information. And so, as I said, with the older child, we will use more formal assessments. And these are fantastic because they give us a quantitative um, baseline. So we have, we are able to diagnose using the quantitative information, um, the type of language delay or disorder they have, and then um, the severity of it as well. And, and it's very useful because we can repeat those assessments on a yearly basis, which means we can track progress um, with the child. And that's particularly important if you're thinking of putting a child through um, an educational healthcare plan um, because their needs are, are more significant. Okay, so let's talk about speech delays. So speech delay is when your child has difficulty producing sounds. As I said before, it's about the articulation and the actual production of sounds. Now, in terms of a speech delay, um, we've got two main types. We've got an articulation delay. So this is difficulty with producing the sound or a sound. Um, it could be that the child has difficulties with saying the sound yeah. And we often have young children that will say lello instead of yellow. Um, so this is a articulation delay. And then you have um, a different type of speech delay, which is known as a phonological uh, delay. And this is where the child will have difficulties with groups of sounds. For example, um, the child will have difficulties with all the sounds that are fricatives. And that means they're produced in a particular part of the mouth and in a particular way. 
Um, now, therapy uh, for speech delays, whether it's an articulation delay or a phonological disorder, is is quite similar um, because you are working on trying to get the child to produce the sound. Now, when children are developing speech, they make mistakes with the sounds they use. And there is a typical order in which, in which each speech sound develops and a range of ages when a child should be able to say each sound correctly. I'm sure we haven't all heard an 18 months old be able to um, say, you know, all the sounds. Um, usually by 18 months, they've got, um, you know, they've established a few sounds, um, particularly the bilabial sounds, which are produced with the lips like b, p and m, which is why often babies will babble ba, 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 ma, ma, ma first rather than s or t, 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 which come a little bit later on. So a speech sound delay is when speech is developing in a normal sequential pattern but occurring later than is typical. And a speech disorder is when mistakes are not typical sound errors or are unusual sound errors. Um, so speech sound delays and disorders can include problems with, as I said, articulation and phonological processes, the sound error patterns. So common features that you can look out for. Um, and, and I just sort of want to jump back to this is why if, if we think about what the speech delay is, it's the difficulty to be able to produce the sounds. Um, now, most importantly, we want the child to be able to speak with or without um, articulation problems. We want the child to be able to have words and try and string these words into phrases and then sentences. Um, so when we do have children come into the clinic, we're not really that concerned about a speech problem, whether it's a delay or a disorder, um, until they're over sort of two and a half or three, unless they're very, very unintelligible. Um, but that is that is quite um, rare. So what are the common features of a speech delay or a disorder? Um, this is when a child is using a limited number of sounds and it's the same sounds they're using. If they've had hearing difficulties in the past um, or they've got a hearing uh, Im impairment or glue ear, um, they may have difficulty linking together more than two sounds. Um, so this is when you start to see that um, sequencing the sounds is a little bit more trickier for the child. Um, when you notice that the speech is difficult to understand with unfamiliar listeners, because we quickly get used to listening and understanding the way our children speak. Um, but if you start to see that actually, you know, quite a few people are saying, oh, I, did, I didn't understand him. Oh, he's got lots of baby speech. But actually the child's, you know, sort of, two and a half or older, um, that's a bit of a red flag. Um, you may notice that they've got difficulties with blowing and sucking through a straw. They may also be dribbling beyond the age of two. Um, if there's lots of messy eating habits, again, over the age of two and a half. Um, and if you notice that their speech contains sound substitutions and sound errors um, and that it's not very clear, um, you may also see that some that the child produces phonological um, processes, so sound error patterns beyond the expected age. And again, this is where the speech therapy assessment is really important because if you're suspecting mm, my child's speech is not very clear, he hasn't got all the speech sounds, 
you know, something's not right, then in that speech therapy assessment, um, again, if it's a child who's under three, we're not really going to do anything too formal. It will all be through informal means, but we'll be looking to see how they got all the speech sounds they should by the age of three. And if the child's over three, um, then we will probably do something a little bit more formal. And again, we're looking to see what speech sounds do they have? Do they have all the speech sounds that would be expected to be acquired by this age um, and if they don't which ones are, are missing and as speech therapists that allows us then to be able to decide what needs uh, to be targeted in therapy. So I'm just going to give a few general strategies and these are really generic strategies that can be used to sort of support speech and or language delays. Um, so modelling, repeating the child's sentence if their speech is not clear or if they haven't used the right words but doing it in, in, in the right format. For example, if the child said, that my dean tar instead of that's my green car, you would then model back and say, yes, that's your green car. And... We don't want you at this stage to say, oh, no, 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 you need to say it like that. Oh, look at me and say it like this. You're simply modelling back correct um, model of language. So by repeating what the child has said, you are producing a good language model and you are also showing that you have listened to what the child has said. Um, listen and respond to the child's message. That's really important. Encourage use of gesture and signs to complement the child's speech. That is highly unintelligible. Um, and then once you've seen a speech language therapist, we will set up an individualized plan with you and even with school um, that will have small achievable speech goals to help develop this child's spe uh, clarity of speech. And again, we'll use um, fun play based activities or games to help motivate the child to be able to pick up those sounds and to be able to learn. Okay, so let's talk about stuttering. Stuttering, sometimes known as stammering or disfluency, is a disruption in the normal patterns of speech. And it can take many forms. For example, someone who stutters might repeat a sound or a syllable, especially at the beginning of the word, such as b-b-b-b-ball. It can also manifest as a prolongation of a sound such as c Sometimes stuttering involves the complete stoppage of speech or the omission of a sound or it can be the repeated interruption of speech with sounds such as uh, uh, uh or um, um, um. Um, and anyone can really stutter at any age. It's most common among children who are learning to form words into sentences and interestingly boys are more likely than girls to stutter. Now, normal language disfluency often starts between the ages of 18 and 24 months and tends to come and go up to the age of five. And this is perfectly fine because it is a characteristic of normal language acquisition in the early ages. About one out of every five children at some point will have a disfluency that seems severe enough to cause parents concerned um, and is not really part of that typical language acquisition. About one out of every 20 children will develop stuttering that lasts for more than six months. The fact that stuttering at times seems severe or that it continues for more than six months doesn't necessarily mean that stuttering is going to be a lifelong problem. But knowing what to look for and knowing how to respond to your child's stuttering is quite important to um, prevent uh, to prevent that from happening. 
It's not always possible to tell when a child's stuttering will develop into a more serious problem that can continue beyond the school years. But signs to look for that may indicate that it's an actual stuttering problem is you may notice tension and a struggle with facial muscles when the child is stuttering, be it a syllable, word or sound. You may also notice the voice rising in um, pitch with repetitions. Also, in more severe cases of stuttering, a child may demonstrate a lot more effort and tension in trying to speak. It's just not as, as, as smooth as, as you would expect it to be. And in very severe cases, um, there are marked attempts to avoid stuttering by changing the word or just having silence or using extra sounds to start talking. Or sometimes the child will just avoid the situation where he needs to talk. So as I said Stuttering is part of, is quite typical in children who are developing language. Um, and I've sort of seen children come into my practice who are acquiring lots of new words, really excited, they want to say a lot and they're starting to stammer. Um, and, we're, you know, that may last for a, a couple of weeks and then they're not stammering and then it comes again in four months time. And it is quite typical that when children are going through that, um, that that a uh, peak of learning lots of new words and you know language acquisition, um, you may get um, a stammering like presentation. Okay, so some sort of general strategies that you could use: um, create opportunities for talking that are relaxed, fun, and enjoyable. Please don't be critical of your child's speech or insist on precise or correct speech because they're too young to be able to understand that. If you really are going to do that, then let's let's um, you know speech therapies. We will often call a stuttered uh, word or sound bumpy speech um, in comparison to smooth speech. Um, um, find times to engage your child in conversations without distractions of TV or other interruptions. For instance, you can make it a habit to involve your child in family conversations at dinner each day. Don't put pressure on your child to entertain or interact verbally with other people when stuttering does start to become a problem. And encourage activities that don't always involve a lot of verbal interactions so that your child is feeling confident and positive um, in another situation. Listen attentively to what your child is saying. Maintain normal eye contact without displaying signs of any impatience or frustration and avoid reacting negatively when your child stutters or correcting a speech or completing the sentence. It's important for your child to understand that people can communicate effectively even when they do stutter. Um, although phrases such as stop and take a deep breath or slow down may be meant to help your child, they can actually make him more self-conscious and really shouldn't be said unless on the advice of your speech therapist. Just model a slow, relaxed way of speaking to help your child slow down his own speech. Um, so think more about the environment and don't be afraid to talk to your child about stuttering. If he asks questions or express concerns, listen and answer in ways that will help him to understand that disruptions in speech are normal and that everyone experiences them to some degree. Um, and again, um, you know, the speech language therapy assessment is important here because we're trying to find out what sort of stammer is it? Is it particular sounds that the child stammers on? Is it particular words? Is there a pattern? Is there no pattern? What is the severity like? 
Um, and also really with children under seven, we don't do that much direct work because it is about working, you know, with the school, with the nursery, with the parents, with that environment um, that is a contributing factor to the stammer, as well as some direct work with the child. It's often older children that we would recommend um, more direct work with. Okay, so I'm now going to touch on social communication difficulties. Um, so social communication difficulties, um, also known as SCD, is diagnosed based on difficulties with both verbal and nonverbal um, social communication skills. So these sort of skills would involve responding to others, responding to your name, using gestures like waving, pointing, taking turns when you're having a conversation, when you're talking, when you're playing, um, being able to talk about your emotions and feelings, staying on topic when you are conversing, um, adjusting speech to fit um, different people, different situations, um, asking relevant questions, responding with relevant um, and associated ideas during a conversation, using words for a variety of purposes such as greeting people, making comments, making promises and making and keeping friends. Um, so the symptoms of social communication difficulties um, as a parent or as an educator you would see would be difficulties interacting with family, friends and key care workers, having reduced eye contact, difficulties using um, and reading facial expressions, um, understanding other people's emotions, difficulty using and reading body language, poor awareness of personal space, poor understanding as a set of emotions and empathy, poor awareness of the rules of conversation like turn taking um, you know responding to the question being relevant in that conversation um, another symptom is sort of going off topic um, and monopolizing conversations non-meaningful and irrelevant speech difficulty following instructions not being able to adapt speech for different listeners e.g you know talks to the teacher in the same way as they talk to their peers um, problems understanding meanings conveyed by tone um, of voice or what implied meanings are um, sometimes having a very monotonous voice themselves um, not giving background information when speaking to an unfamiliar person and assuming they just know what you're talking about and um, not really being able to greet or or be good at doing farewells um, having quite poor understanding um, of um, literal and sarcasm language and often um, there will be some delayed development of speech um, now when I have parents ringing me up saying oh you know my child has poor eye contact my child doesn't say hello my child doesn't respond to their name they've got autism I think they've got autism I've googled it well actually um, before we even think about autism as speech language therapists we want to understand what their social communication skills are like and that's why again in assessment we're looking at all these key skills through play through informal assessment through maybe some formal assessment um, and yes social communication difficulties are often um, present present in autism but you can also have some isolated uh, you can also have it as an isolated diagnosis um, now thinking about the long-term effects of social communication difficulties it can lead to quite uh, you know it can lead to poor relationships social isolation because there's difficulty making friends high levels of frustration and anxiety emotionally they're quite volatile inappropriate behavior um, poor literacy skills 
difficulty in accessing the curriculum. So um, if you are concerned um, that your young toddler or that, you know, your four-year-old um, has got some difficulties around those sort of social communication, pragmatic skills, those social skills really, and then it's definitely worth um, trying to get an appointment with a speech language therapist and having that initial assessment. Some general activities that you could do at home to encourage social communication would be games that involve turn-taking, so participating in simple turn-taking activities that mirror the flow of social interaction, such as rolling and throwing a ball back and forth, repeating words and other sounds that your child makes. Start simple with just a few turns between you and your child or your child and another person. Um, read and discuss so with a child who's a little bit older read a book with your child and ask and encourage open-ended questions such as what did you think um, about what he did why do you think he did that and talking about feelings so again books and stories provide a great opportunity to talk about feelings so just why you think a character in a story is behaving or feeling a certain way try extending this to real life situations Um, and then what's next that's also a really a good activity to have your child to predict what will happen next in a story, helping him locate the clues or working backwards. Once an event happens, go back and figure out the clues leading up to the event. Um, planning, um, oh, using visual support. Now, using visual support is a great strategy for whether the child has a speech or a language or a social communication difficulty. Um, you know, often children who have got speech, language and communication needs are good visual learners, um, particularly those children with social communication difficulties and um, they process information visually. Visual supports can be particularly useful in helping your child understand expectations and schedules. Okay, so lastly, I'm just going to reiterate some sort of general tips for when you do um, go for the speech language therapy assessment for your child. Be prepared to take any previous reports with you that might be relevant for the speech therapist to see. Take your child's red book as well um, so that the therapist can have a look at the developmental uh, progression. Um, also make a list of things that you want to say or ask um, and, and take that with you and don't feel embarrassed about referring to this during the assessment. You know as speech therapists we want to be able to answer your questions, um, you know, answer your uh, concerns, support you. Um, so no matter how little you think it is or how um, you know you, you feel like oh this how embarrassed you may feel um you know just 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 ask um also another tip would be to maybe take your child's favorite toy to the session um have a couple of videos on your phone so that you can show that to the speech and language therapist that this is how my child is like at home when we play or um you know when we're having conversation at the dinner table um taking your child's favorite toy to the session also might motivate the child um and make them feel more comfortable and confident in that session. Also have a snack with you um, just in case your child gets hungry during the session. Um, make sure that they've had a nap before the session if they are going to get tired or fatigue, uh, fatigued or if you've been offered an appointment at a time when you know your child's not optimal, you know, ring the speech therapist and say, can I have another time when my child will be able to perform at their more optimal? Um, just so that your child can feel more relaxed and comfortable in the session and ask if you are unsure about something. So I hope that's been useful, just having a bit of a generic overview of what speech delays are, what language delays are, what stuttering is, and what social communication difficulties look like. Um, 
We also talked about the difference between a delay and a disorder um, and just some general strategies that you could use at home or at school. Well, thanks for listening to today's show and I will be back next week with another interesting topic in speech and language therapy. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye.